Hey, I'm Jordan. And I'm Victoria. And you're listening to the Absolutely Imperfect Podcast, where two friends talk about their lives and how imperfect it all really is. Welcome to the conversation. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. The next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Tastes like a very, like, a beat type of vibe, lots of singing type of moments. Yeah, we, so, yeah. It's going to be an interesting episode. Yeah, when we were testing our mics and everything, we were just, we were singing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come out. <laughs> oh, it's going to come out eventually. True. Um, Yeah. So, exciting thing. We yeah. reached 50 downloads oh, on our first episode. Oh, my gosh. I saw that. I got that email and I was like, I recorded myself. You can check that story out if you want. But shocking. <laughs> I was just, oh, just filled with so much joy and just, I don't know, very grateful. So thank you to everybody who gave yeah, it a listen to episode one. And episode two is already what? Uh, uh, was that 15? 15, 15 downloads right. when we checked it today. Yeah. So thank you guys. We really do appreciate it. But welcome back to the next episode. What are we going to talk about today, Jordan? We are going to talk about age and identity. Ooh. Identity. Identity. Yes, Lord. we are. That's what we're getting into. So let's just dive right in. Well, this is exciting because we've never talked about this. Yeah. And we were saying that before we started recording that this is just something that we don't talk about. And this is going to be fun because I am 30, going to be 31 in July, mm-hmm. and you just turned... 22. 22. Yes. So this is going to be a very interesting topic that Next we year's chose. your Jordan year. Well, what happened? Wait, what'd you say? Your Jordan year? Michael Jordan? Oh, yes. Number yes. 23? Yeah. 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 Mark. Chicago Bulls. You live here. No, you I should do. know I these do. things. I do. I just took a second <gasps> to process. <laughs> your Jordan year. I'm like, what? I'm and then what, what day is your birthday? The 24th. So then your 24th year is your golden, golden birthday. birthday. I had mine when I was 15. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. What? It's always I didn't hard. care about it's anything. Imagine if you're one and have golden birthday. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's what do you mean? <laughs> like old birthday? I'm still a baby. You can't even process that. <laughs> I'm still a baby. <laughs> a baby. A baby. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so... I, so we came very unprepared into this. I mean, we don't ever really prepare when we put That's mics true. in front of our face. But Maybe I'll think of a few questions, but we're just winging this one today. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, so I got a question. Oh, okay. Shoot. Okay, hot seat right I off can, the I bat. To be the, I seem to be the question queen here. No, um, you are. <laughs> sure. Maybe it's just because I'm really inquisitive. I really yeah. am very curious about what people think and how they're thinking. Yeah. I, I'm more of a, a, an observer. Yes. Rather are. than a questioner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, a bit of a wallflower if you will exactly that's exactly how it described myself yeah <laughs> so you're 22 mm-hmm. how do you think that i mean obviously the question we're going to be vaguely answering today is does your age dictate your identity Ooh, such a good question so do you feel like turning 22 do you feel your identity is rooted in your age like are there Mm. things that we stereotypically think of when we say oh yeah that girl's 22 do you think you adhere to some of those stereotypes like I don't really know what specific stereotypes I'm referencing right now I'm kind of just pulling stuff out of my ass but (laughs) (laughs) 
just, I feel though, honestly, when we talk, when we think of an early 20 year old woman, Mm -hmm. I think we all have an image of what that woman looks like. Or what she should act like. Right. Or or what she sounds like, what she thinks, like what her plans are with her life. Yeah. It's a very narrow and small box, but yeah, I mean, if I, if I had to think about it in that sense, I don't know. I, I would say that I'm, I don't fall into that stereotype because typically I would be my last year of college and, you know, Mm. finishing that up, but I didn't do that. I stopped going to college. When was it? My technically my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I didn't do that route. So one could argue, you know, that's one thing I'm not doing that typical 22 year old would be, um, yeah, I'm doing a lot of things that a typical 22-year-old wouldn't um, in the sense of, you know, the typical route hmm. of one that would that one would take. Um, let me see. In terms of... I was thinking when you, you were first asked this question, um, how I would more, like, I, identify or, like, the identity aspect of it. Mm-hmm of what maybe a typical 22-year-old's identity would be or how would that be developing. And I would say that it's – I'm still figuring that out. I'm not entirely sure what my identity is. I'm still Mm -hmm. learning a lot about myself. I just – I posted actually an Instagram post about this. I just started to, you know, learn how to love myself and overcome that. And, you know, that's a whole topic for – that we can dive into how, you know, I will definitely admit to the fact that I've definitely compared myself a lot and still sometimes do, you know, because of social media. And that's very mm. huge um, to not only 20 year olds. I'm not saying that's like the only age mm. that it is for, you know, it happens to people who are, you know, in their teens, to people who are older. It always happens. But yeah, I feel like that really messed with my identity yeah. of what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm supposed to be, you know, what I'm supposed to look like and so on and so forth. But yeah, I've, I'm have i slowly starting to really learn who I am, yeah, what I stand for, what I believe in, and those things that really make me me. Hmm. So I'm really trying to discover that. But I'm in that stage, I guess you can say, of not quite knowing exactly who I am. How different are you from the 22 year old that you envisioned when you were say maybe 13 or 14? Oh my gosh. Um, I think vastly different. Hmm. You know, when you're younger and you're like, Oh, I would, I would never do this when I'm older or I would never (laughs) like this thing. I'll never wear that or something like that. And then you become this age. You think back, you're like, I used to say those things and now I'm a completely different person. So it's like, it almost goes back to the whole planning thing where, you know, you can plan all these things, but life comes and interjects and you're like, oh, well, now things are a bit different. Right. (laughs) Couldn't have anticipated this. So yeah, I mean, I mean, when, when I was younger with my friends in our teenage years, Mm -hmm. younger, I remember us making comments that were like, when we're 25, we're going to be in a really amazing apartment <laughs> and like 
with great jobs and living our best lives and we're going to have great boyfriends. <laughs> and we made this fantasy world in our mind mm -hmm. of what it would be like when we turned 25. And then when we hit 25, 26, all those ages, it was a little shocking, honestly. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's always so hard. It's like, why didn't this happen? And you get, you kind of get down on yourself a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> I'll let that one slide. <laughs> But I, I understand and I can resonate strongly with comparison. And honestly, when I first saw your social media before I really knew you, mm -hmm. I like I felt insecure against really? you. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm deleting my page right now. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. And that's why like it, it blows my mind. Drives me crazy is too much of an extreme. I think it blows my mind and breaks my heart a little mm. to hear that you look at other people and you feel inferior mm. or something because, you know, I remember looking at you and being like, wow, like, my gosh, she's like so talented and like, she's so Aww. pretty and like, look at all these things she does. And, and then, you know, when I discovered how like, well, you could draw and like, there was, there were so many things about you. And then I started comparing my 22 year old self to your your 22 year old self um and just being like wow but yeah i totally felt insecure looking at your page and does that mean that we suddenly need to not be posting the things we want to post mm. or like n not put up pictures of ourselves because i'm i'm sure that there are people that have seen my social media and compared themselves against me yeah that's a very fair point there's always someone that's going to be you know, comparing themselves or someone you're going to be comparing yourself to. Right. And but. Sylvia Plath said, comparison is the thief of joy. And yeah. it's true. You it's can, so good. and it's not just that it's the thief of joy. It blinds you to your joy mm. because you could be in a position where you don't have as much as somebody else. Right. Mm. Like if I look at a celebrity influencer and they're driving around some stupid Maserati, <laughs> Or oh, whatever, yeah. or they're going on massive shopping sprees. It doesn't yeah. matter. But if I look at a celebrity's page or an influencer and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I, I, wish I had that life. Mm -hmm. Then I'm suddenly blind to everything in my life that's beautiful and wonderful yeah. and fulfilling and satisfying and, and joy-inducing. Mm. And I think we think that when other people have it better than us, they're stealing our joy but I really think it's that we're blind to our own joy and we yeah. we give them our joy. In a way, yeah, for sure. We're just like, no, what I have is not as good as what you have. Mm -hmm. And it's that whole like, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. But then people say the grass is greener where you water it. Mm -hmm. And well, that's good. And that's I just think good. about how much happier people would be if we just focused on making changes in our lives, yeah, not staring through screens at other people's lives. Mm. But I get good. that. I mean, I'm 30 and it's the comparison is different now mm. because there's almost some expectations of like being in a relationship and, you know, being an entrepreneur, like that stuff, that world is brutal. Yeah. Like, oh, you need to be doing this. And, oh, this is how you grow your brand. Oh, this is how you are a great leader. Mm -hmm. It's not just 
what clothes to wear and what's trendy. It's how are you supposed to be as a person running your thing and executing your vision? Yeah. And so you have half of it that, you know, all these people that self-label them as like relationship experts or business gurus or whatever it is telling you how to be. Mm -hmm. And then you have other people on the other side saying, no, this is your thing and you need to be true to what you see and the vision you have and who you are as a leader. Yeah. And you're caught in between all of this noise just Mm -hmm. trying to figure out who the hell you are. Yeah. That's hard. I was going to say that, you know, society tends to put these almost expectations at your age um, marker. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) you know, when let's say in your teens, when you're still in high school, you have to get, you know, your applications in for college. Mm -hmm. You have to go to this college for your career. You have to have your career figured out. And there's so much expectation and we brought the and like <clears throat> you know that expectation so crushing <laughs> and oh yeah it causes so much anxiety and stress and that you have to have it all figured out but that social construct was you know that started when people were not living till they were 80 you know they were living till they were 30 40 so of course it makes sense you have to have it figured out at 18 you know, it makes total sense. Yeah. It's like half your life or a little bit less. So I don't know. I I just kind of realized that and stopped putting so much pressure on myself to have it all figured out. And I honestly, after I started, you know, really believing in that, that mm. I don't need to have it figured out, that's when I finally, it clicked. I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I take it step by step, Here's what I my passions are. Here's what I really want to do. Mm. Let me try that route. Maybe find like some type of career that intertwines all that. Go back to school when I'm ready rather than going rushing into it because I knew I'm very indecisive mm-hmm. and I'd waste so much money going to school for something I ultimately might not want to do. Right. And so <laughs> me figure out what I want to do, then go back to school if that's what ultimately is going to be best for me mm. and not listen to all the noise as you were saying. Yeah, that's what my little spiel was. <laughs> I never know how to Thank end you it. and good night. <laughs> Hats off. Have um, a great one. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting the expectations on age. Mm. And I remember we talked about it in the last episode about when I turned 30. Mm-hmm. I just felt this burden lift off of, yes. lift off of me. But simultaneously, I felt the weight of my age placed on my shoulders, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's like by the time you're 30, you have to have all these milestones, right? Complete it. And the thing is, is that I've never, I mean, I remember there was one point because, okay, so when I was younger, I wanted to be a young mom. I wanted to be a mom that was young and full of life. I feel I want to be a mom so bad, you know, but then I went into a phase where I didn't want kids at all. Okay. Like the idea of having children was awful to me. Um, And I think some of that was working for some really terrible parents. Yeah. Um, And also realizing that maybe I just don't want to be a mom. Like I, Mm -hmm. I grappled with that Mm -hmm. because I just, I kept thinking 
why do you want to be a mom? Yeah. Really? Like, what are the actual reasons as to why you want to be a mom? Is it just your biological programming to procreate? Or mm. do you want to be a mom because it feels like you're supposed to be a mom? Like, I have, I still have a hard time traversing those emotions of, yeah. do you just want to have kids because you're That's biologically what, programmed to yeah. want children? Mm-hmm. You know, that whole go forth and multiply yeah. <laughs> thing. But... um. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. I think when I, I turned 30, it hit me. Wow. You only have so many years left mm. to have children yeah. healthily, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's normal. Like so many women are having children later in life now. Mm-hmm. And being a mom as a woman shouldn't be your major. Like, it shouldn't be the epicenter of your identity. That's true. That's you know, a good one, yeah. Just as a woman, like if you decided to not have children or you're on the fence of not having children and you decide to not, mm-hmm. don't feel guilty about that. Yeah, it's your and decision. And on the other side of that, don't feel guilty if you want to have 10 kids. Like do your yeah. thing, mama. Like go ahead and <laughs> go off. <sis>. Do it. <laughs> you want to chase your career and not have to worry about children? Cool. You want to chase your career and have children? Cool. You want to just chase children? Cool. Like. Yeah. And I, it's hard to release all of these social and societal constructs mm. that just get in you mm-hmm. without thinking about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had gone through d- various educational pursuits for things that ultimately I didn't want to pursue. Mm. And now I'm finally in grad school for something that I'm passionate about and I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. But when I think about that of, wow, I'm going to be done with school when I am 33. Yeah. And then I think about, okay, so then that means that in order for me to get the next level of licensure, that's two years, Mm -hmm. just about a little over, Mm -hmm. if I can find full-time work, because that's the other thing. Yeah. And then I'll have this full licensure. um, And then I'm like, you're 35. Mm -hmm. Dang. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) You're 35, you know? Mm -hmm. You are in the middle of a decade. And and just thinking about the two of, you know, I think I'm more, I desire more to have a marriage. Mm. And I say marriage because that's, I'm, I don't really have an interest in just having a partner and yeah. you can be with someone and love them and all that stuff and not get married, whatever, because yeah. there's a difference between biblical marriage where you do that before God and legal marriage. Yeah. Live your life. Exactly. You decide which sphere that you align yourself with. So um, I very much desire to have a marriage. Am I living and dying by it? No. Yeah. But I think about that of I and I think about it not of, oh, my God, I have to get the husband so I can have kids before I'm it's old and dusty. desperation thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just pressed <laughs> before I like can't walk. I don't know. But. But it's more my desire is really born out of a place of I want as much time with that human being as I can. Yeah. Where we can travel, where we can go and do crazy stuff. I don't know, like climb a mountain, (laughs) go backpacking across Europe. Like I love weird stuff that that I I have yet to experience Mm -hmm. because of my life choices. And I own that. You know, I made a lot of stupid choices in my 20s where I could have decided to not get into debt 
or if getting to debt, just take out a giant loan and go travel for nine months across the world. Yeah. You know, like I would have much rather have taken every single penny I spent on my undergrad mm-hmm. and just gotten like a private loan mm-hmm. and pieced out for two years and just traveled the world. Yeah. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Hmm. But I feel that weight of I'm 30. I'm yeah. not going to be done with my degree until I'm 33. I'm launching a brand, co-hosting a podcast. Like I barely have time for myself. Mm-hmm. So the idea of introducing a relationship that I would genuinely genuinely want to pour into. Yeah. It's like where does the th- where do things start falling off? At right. That point? Yeah. And just learning that balance mm-hmm. of I want to be in a capacity where I can take care of another person. And so I think honestly I started my life late. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you're not the only one that feels that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of people that yeah. feel that way. And so when I meet an ambitious 20-something-year-old, like we have a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. We're not going to name names, no, but we not. know exactly who we're talking about. Yes. She is like, yeah, I'm going out and I'm doing this thing. She's like a half of a company. You know, she volunteers at her church. Like she's honestly, I am constantly blown away by this woman Mm. because she somehow just does it all. And it's not like she's perfect. We're not painting this picture like she's this perfect person who Mm. has her crap together all the time. We're human. But I admire her so much because she's doing the thing. Yeah. She's she's building the foundation for the life that she wants. Mm. And I'm just so dang proud of her. Yeah. And not everybody's like that. And it's okay if you're not like that. I certainly wasn't. I spent most of my 20s in terrible relationships, pursuing degrees that I'm not using, mm-hmm. partying. Partying. <laughs> Double up on that. I did some traveling. Mm. That was great. Wish I just stayed traveling, honestly, yeah. and didn't come back and pursue a degree that I'm never going to use. Yeah. Um. But in terms of my age and my identity, it's hard to blend them, right? Because yeah. I don't see my age as part of my identity. I don't either. But my identity has developed dependent upon my age. Mm. I'm in I'm grad like school, guys, it. and I feel like I'm talking very academically sometimes <laughs> because of everything I'm reading. Yeah. Oof. No, you're fine. You're fine. I got that. But I sometimes need to process things. <laughs> <laughs> Just say to say goodbye in this mic. <laughs> Why is a raven like a writing desk? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that's how I sound where I'm talking. And I like say these broad sentences. It's like a riddle. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> what? Um, I mean, I'm I'm incredibly different from my from when I was a year ago. Oh, yeah. Same. <laughs> And, but I don't really, I don't place that on my age. Yeah. That's like know? a personal growth thing. It doesn't matter the age you're at. Yeah. That's that's what I think. Well, I mean, when I was 22, so let's just talk about this. When I was 22, I was, you, you beat me to my questions like you read my mind. Oh, really? So, were you going to yeah. ask what I was doing when yeah. I was 20? When, it's oh like, oh, gosh. what were you? Yeah. What was going on in your life when you were 22? I have to go back into like. My mind palace in that vault of a space. <laughs> My early 20s were kind of a blur. 
22. I feel like I have to phone a friend, like call up my friend who was my friend when I was 22 and be like, do you remember what I was doing at 22? Who was I? Who was I? Okay, so let's think about this. So I lived in Guatemala in 2014. So 22, I'm pretty sure I was still attending community college. I was bouncing around from living situation to living situation. I was in a relationship with a guy that was one of my best friends in high school. Okay. Um, he broke up with me a week before I moved to Guatemala. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, that relationship was a hot mess. We were young. And that's the issue when you date, I think. And this is solely my personal opinion. Yeah. Okay, like no one come for attack. Solely, <laughs> solely my personal opinion. Um, when you are in a relationship and you're both young mm-hmm. and you date through that like 18 to 22, 23 age, mm-hmm. where so much of you are being developed as a grown adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're really sitting in the seat of I am legally an adult. Yeah. You're ne- trying to navigate that. Right. I mean, when I turned 18, I immediately went out and bought scratch tickets, <laughs> scratch tickets and cigarettes just because I could. Just I was like, it, yeah. let's do it. You're an adult, baby. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, didn't win any millions of dollars, but that's OK. Um, oh, Jordan, come on. <laughs> sorry. Um So by the time I was 22, I mean, okay, so I remember my 21st birthday was probably the most disappointing birthday Mm -hmm. because I had already done all the stuff. Yeah. I had already done the partying and the drinking and known what it feels like to be drunk and all this stuff. And my boyfriend at the time threw me a party and it was just really sad. (laughs) It was really sad. It was like... Like the party itself or you were Oh, the party. Oh, okay. The party. Okay. I mean, because of the party, I felt sad. Got it. Okay. So I was like, what is this? Like, what is going on? This is tragic. This is tragic. (laughs) I was actually going to say quickly, quick interjection. Please. Um, By all means. I mean, this isn't something I'm proud of, but I would say from 17 to maybe 20, Mm -hmm. that was my partying stage. And I'm not happy to admit that, but I feel like that's when I got it all out of my system. And so when I turned 21, I'm like, eh, it's just 21. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not much into this anymore. Okay, so you're talking to me, so I need you to define what is partying phase. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> partying phase. So drinking, going out, you know, staying out past sometimes all night. Um coming home in the morning, sometimes just depending on what was going on. Um, what else? I mean, it was mainly like drinking, partying. It wasn't anything like too crazy for me. I mean, I you n- never feel like a me. vodka girl to me. Oh, I'm Polish. It runs in my veins. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. Uh, honestly, yeah, I would say vodka, but honestly, vodka, vodka. <laughs> vodka (laughs) um but i mean as i grew a little older during that partying stage i'd Mm -hmm. say my palate developed but um but yeah now cranberry (laughs) 
<laughs> yep, that's where it, it elevated to. With a splash of grenadine, please. <laughs> um, but no, but now I'm not much of a drinker. Like I barely do. If I do, maybe once or twice a month. Mm. I don't do any drugs or anything like that. I never really have in my life. The only drug I would say was weed, but that was even almost like sweet but yeah that's about it i haven't done anything else so not much of a party year, i guess you can say compared to some but yeah that's so, okay that was my that my well just range. It, it interests me a side note it interests interests me i'm struggling with english tonight it's fine it happens it happens to me it'll probably be me next week <sighs> i apologize to everyone <laughs> listening who's trying to understand what i'm saying it's been a tough week <laughs> it's been a long week um what I was going to say <laughs> was it's interesting to me the level of partying that people did in comparison to the level of shame they have. Like you being like, oh. I'm not like I'm kind of ashamed about this or like it's not I'm not proud of this time. Yeah. But like your partying sounds very PG to me. Yeah, so I would say so. To me, I'm like, that sounds like normal teenage behavior. Yeah, the I'm thing you see in the movies. things. Type of yeah. Vibe. Yeah. And honestly, I, you know, I'm just one of those people that as a parent, it's like, listen, if you're curious about what it's like to be high, then we're, I'm, we're going to roll one <laughs> and you're going to experience this with me. Yeah. Because I'll safe. be damned if you go to a party and you just decide to give it a go mm, and happens. you don't, you don't, people change when they're high. Yeah. I personally can't smoke because I get way too anxious and I'm constantly trying to convince myself out of an, a panic attack. So yeah, I can't do I've that. I've experienced those. Those yeah. are really fun. And you start panicking about stuff that doesn't even matter. But whatever. Yeah. This isn't dare. We're yeah, not going to talk about. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we're not going to get into drugs and stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> drugs are bad. Okay. And if you feel like you need to explore, make sure you have safe people who are going yeah. to take care of you and designate a sober person. Yes. So yeah. that. They can either drive a vehicle or make sure that you are physically okay while you are under the influence. Yeah. That's as much as I'm going to say about that. It's really important to me, no, honestly, because I did some drugs with some really stupid people. Yeah. And it's... I'm very lucky to be alive because mm. I did some stupid stuff Yeah, with some stupid people. So, yeah. We don't know. Anyway. We could have like a 17-year-old listening to our podcast. Like, True. Every, like nine-year-olds have iPhones. Yeah. You're right. You never know. We never know. So anyways, <laughs> yeah. So I find it really interesting how people like gauge like, oh, I'm not really proud of this and yeah. it's not that big of a deal. And just that really shows p different people's moral codes. Yeah. Almost they, ranges of experience. Yeah. And yeah. like what they deem acceptable according yeah. to who they are and their family culture mm -hmm. and where they are in society and everything. Yeah. But your experience sounds very normal. Oh, well. But still, it's like, it's a thing that I'm not proud of. But well, you're allowed to feel you know, how you feel, yeah. obviously. I'm yeah. not sitting here saying, stop feeling bad. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Grow up. Jeez. <laughs> Get it together. Get it together. <laughs> but yeah, um, 22, I feel like I didn't answer your question. I'm yeah, so I was going to say that's, into, yeah. <laughs> 22... 22 is one of those in-between years. Mm. I was in a relationship. Yeah, with the... the I really feel like 22, I was... Oh, my gosh. So the problem is, is that 
for someone who hasn't had a lot of major things happen in their life, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of things that added up. Okay. You know, so like I think it was either 22 or 23 that I lived on a college campus because I was Mm -hmm. like, let's give this actual college experience a go. Mm -hmm. And then that didn't work. So then I came back to my hometown and found a job. And then I got my own apartment. So I lived alone for a year, but I was also still in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And there was drama with like other friends and other couples. I wasn't involved with the other couples. It was just I was being a support to one half of the couple and yeah. there was drama. And So I've had a very fast-paced life. And so much of the time when I try to remember specific events, it all blurs together. The years. But 22, yeah. I remember it just the, – the biggest thing I remember was there was a lot of insecurity. Mm. Um, I think – I was the heaviest I ever was mm-hmm. when I was 22. Um, and that was really hard. Yeah. Because I was always an athlete mm-hmm. and my body was always a machine, you know, and and it's when you put so much emphasis on your body, yeah. it's very easy to just fall into a really negative space about your body. Um, no, it is. So I think 22 was just a really confusing, like, I don't really think I was in my faith at 22. I think I was kind of a fake Christian, mm. you know, where I'd be like, yeah, my dad's a pastor, but meh, God, you know, mm. um, I remember feeling really angry at 22 I fought a lot with my boyfriend at the time, Mm. a lot over stupid stuff, but he was still very immature. We both were. I mean, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we both were. And our fights were over just stupid stuff. And Mm. it's really, really hard if you don't have the maturity level needed. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) my brain. Um, To go from being best friends to being in a relationship, it's not going to work. Because it shifts in ways, you know? Mm. And I think he treated me more like the best friend that occasionally we sleep together friend. Uh, Friends with benefits title. Well, there was love and, you know, but uh, he wasn't the man that I needed. Mm. And that's the thing. I think when you know each other in high school – it's at some point you have to grow up and you have to be willing to grow up in your relationship. And I think yeah. a lot of ways that created friction between us and I was just dealing with so much and my insecurities. So I was perpetually looking for affirmation mm-hmm. and, you know, it was just a really, it was just a really messed up time. Mm-hmm. And when you spend so long fighting and stuff, you just kind of move on. But mm-hmm. I digress, as I naturally do most of the time. But, yeah, 22 is just a blur. I mean, like really, I'll I, let you know when I'm in, when I'm 30 how, how I feel about 22. But I can just look back now. <laughs> right. So. Well, you think about, like, what's the comparative of that? So I'm basically nine years older than you almost. Mm-hmm. And so... What is that, 13? What were you doing at 13? How were you feeling at 13? 
How did you see yourself at 13? Uh, so I do it. See, I mean, I could relate it to what you were saying. It's all blur. See, the funny thing is, is I could tell you exactly what I was doing at 13. Hmm. So would you say maybe, you know, your 20s, as you say, I mean, you, you, you said in the second episode how you're very happy, you know, when you turn 30 that your 20s were over. Mm-hmm. Would you say your mind has kind of blocked your 20s out? You like have memories, but you can't remember very vivid details or anything like that. Oh, a thousand percent. I've definitely repressed a lot of my 20s. You said a thousand percent on purpose. I did. <laughs> I was like, wait, did you say for you to say a hundred percent? Anyway, I'm sorry. I shouldn't um, have said anything to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. A thousand percent. I have definitely repressed a lot of my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember 13 perfectly, just as much as I can remember 14 and 15 and 16 because of a trauma I experienced when I was 14. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, I can't even remember if I've talked about this yet on the podcast. Do you remember? I think you have. No. We're going to save that for another episode. If I have mentioned it before and I'm avoiding it now because I'm unsure if I want to get into it right now, I'm mm-hmm. sorry to everyone listening because I can't. Honestly, that's shocking. That just shows you the week I've had yeah. with my first week of grad school <laughs> that my brain is like, you are unsure if you've talked about that yet. <laughs> but so 14, I had a traumatic experience and my the, my life changed dramatically at that point. But I can remember, I can tell you what I wore on my first day to public school. What? Yeah, I, no, I can't remember. <laughs> I can tell you vividly. And what's weird is I can't remember this person's name, but I can tell you what she was wearing and what she said to me in the hallway when she was scrutinizing oh me over what I wore. I can. Yeah. Wow. It's cra- it's crazy. Like, I remember so much from high school and I remember mm. a lot from my childhood, but my 20s. There are a lot. There's a lot that I can't mm. remember. I can remember a lot after 24, after I lived in Guatemala. Mm. Um, But before that, Hmm. there are a lot of holds. I just remember feeling a lot of anger. Yeah. A lot of sadness and a lot of self-hatred and just disappointment. I just, I felt like I wasn't going anywhere with my life. Mm. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. For sure. And I just kept feeling like you have so much time. You have so much time to get your crap together. You have so much time to make up your mind about what do you want to do. You have so much time. You have so much time. And I I didn't use that in a way that gave me space to figure mm. out myself and what I wanted. I used that as an excuse to continue avoiding growing up. Mm. Yeah, there's always this, this like saying when you're a kid, or I've personally felt this too, oh, I can't wait to grow up. I can't uh, wait to grow don't up. Don't grow up. And kid. everyone's saying, you know, don't grow up, take your time, enjoy your childhood. Yeah. And then you grow up, you're like, oh, I wish I was a kid again. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I sometimes still think, oh, I wish I was a kid again. It's, you know, no responsibility. If I could blah, go blah, back blah. in time, mm. with the knowledge that I have now, yeah, 
I would do it. A thousand percent, I would do it. Hmm. I think I would too. Just and like people, see. and I know whatever, you can't really change history and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And that's not possible. But like in a hypothetical alternate universe, <laughs> if I could go back in time and just have a do-over, mm. I would do things so differently. But I would want to, like, still have experiences, right? So I would want to know what was going to happen. So, like, I would still want to work for Mike and Whitney. Mm -hmm. And I would still want to meet you. Mm -hmm. And I would still want to meet my other friends that I have here in Chicago. And But there are a lot of people that I would be like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Yeah. But in a sense, it's almost the question arises, would you say you regret those things? Because you want to go back, you know? Or if you could get a do-over. Okay, so to put in the context of our conversation today, Mm -hmm. a lot of my pain Mm -hmm. and a lot of the crappy things that have happened in my life Mm -hmm. have shaped mass quantities of my identity. Mm -hmm. And to invest all of the time in relearning who I am without those things being the common definer Mm -hmm. of my identity is very hard. Yeah. And trying to figure out what is my trauma and what is my pain and my mistakes and what is me. Yeah. And having to hash through every little thing that I do Mm -hmm. to slice those things away and like it's like being an archaeologist of your own self <laughs> and your own psyche. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> and you're just constantly hashing out, like, is this my pain or is this me? Mm-hmm. Is this a behavior I need to change and I need to be cognizant of and make sure that I'm not being this way? Mm-hmm. Or is this who I am? And and I think that's why when I came back to my faith, that was a huge component of me figuring out who the heck I was yeah oh that was my chest that just what I'm pretty sure to pick up because these these mics are so good like oh everything's okay I heard that that was like my sternum yeah that was so strange I first thought it was your neck but then you're like that was my chest don't get old just don't do it (laughs) just stay forever young um yeah, because I, I came back to my faith mm. and I I there was so much that was stripped away. And it's hard to really put into words how coming into a faith like Christianity suddenly gives me a lot of identity. But it's just that. It's who God made you to be. It's almost like. Right. Not like. Not reveal to you all at once, but you start to realize and discover these things and you're like oh oh this is this is me this is who god created me to be you start to think about these things right and similar to what you were saying when i you know started my relationship with god it was after like we talked about in episode two when my dad passed away right so and after that event, I, like, changed again. Like, I felt like a completely different person. My identity was, like, a huge question mark. Mm. And 
I was a, still a teenager, so it was already a big question mark. So it was mm. almost got inflated. <laughs> it's like, who am I actually? Like, right. I feel so, so much more depressed, so much more like down on myself and, you know, all these things negative negativity wise like negative wise right if i can speak <laughs> um and so you know when i started that relationship with jesus it just my eyes started to open a little bit more like oh, wow you know i'm actually a very creative person and you know i started growing in different ways and you know a thing i really wanted to say after all of the, our conversations that we the conversation that we've been having mm-hmm. today that Sometimes, you know, the identity that other people put on you, you don't have to like it and you can change it. You know, it's like, no, I don't like that people say that about me. You can work on it and change it. And therefore, you know, people could still think it, but, but you know that you grew from a spot that you no longer have to identify that. So you mean like person. maybe it, there's a particular characteristic that you're projecting out and people are thinking, wow, Victoria is a super angry person yeah so then i would be like i don't really like that label quote unquote that people put on me and so i'm going to work to not be such an angry person and what can i do to change that so i'm not seen that way so i mean yeah that's i I mean that's what i think that's my personal opinion that you know you don't have to stick with that identity that a people put upon you or you know Right. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you could go really simple ways of, like, people call you a freak mm-hmm. or tell you you're weird mm-hmm. or you're too loud or whatever. I think it's hard navigating things that people tell us mm-hmm. and being careful to not change who we are for other people's approval. That's true. But also being cognizant. I think it depends on the person that's saying it to you. Because if you yeah. came to me and you were like, Jordan, you're a little harsh. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just keep it in this podcast. If you came to me and you said, you're a little harsh on the podcast and I just don't, I just want to make sure that people aren't getting, you know, that they think that you're just this harsh kind of bitchy person. Mm -hmm. I would care about that because it's coming from you. Yeah. If some rando or even, or even if it's an acquaintance that we don't spend time together or whatever, mm-hmm. they come out of left field on our social media or they DM me or they text me and they kind of, they make a criticism mm-hmm. of the podcast. I would pause first and ask myself, where are they coming from with this? Mm-hmm. Because are they saying this? for the like what is the motive here you know and it's also you don't really know me you don't really talk to me yeah so you know i would then take that stance of okay well if i've offended you that's a a completely different topic of Mm -hmm. conversation yeah but you just telling me to change who you think i'm supposed to be when you Mm -hmm. don't really know me yeah then that's when it's like no yeah i meant it more in like a personal thing like that you don't like not that you're changing for someone else. It's more of that you're changing because you just don't like how that that idea that you're like that towards other people, if that makes sense. I th- feel like that doesn't make sense. And I apologize. It's already late. So my no, no, no. thought process I, is probably I understand like, what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. You know, if you are a bad communicator. <laughs> me? No. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> me. I am a bad communicator. That was the first, because you just said that, that was the first thing that came into my head. 
it's it's fine i know i know that's i don't think you're a bad communicator (laughs) i think i I think i'm working on it i think i i you are learning how to be better at communicating sometimes i over communicate (laughs) no i feel like you're good you have good like well thank you appreciate that um (laughs) i lost my thought if you're bad, okay, so if you're, oh, sorry, wow. that was so loud. So I, I really took a jump I'm back, so sorry. <laughs> the listeners were like, whoa. Like woke up the neighbor's dog. Um, Speaking of coming out of the left field. <laughs> right? If you are a bad communicator, I feel like I have to chill way out now. Um, when someone expresses that to you, then maybe you should care that I don't know. Maybe you should care. I think it really comes down to the golden rule of treat people the way you want to be treated. And if, yep. if you're consistently getting feedback that you speak really meanly to people, mm-hmm. maybe you should pause for a second and ask, is this actually a me thing or is this an everybody else thing? Is this something coming from, from a place of prejudice or is this coming from a place of, wow, no, I really am mean. And they're yeah. just trying to communicate to me like it kind of sucks being around you. Mm-hmm. Because you just speak really harshly. Mm-hmm. Are you okay, dude? You know, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of thing. I get that. But I think as someone who copy and pasted other people's identities and characteristics onto myself because I didn't know who I was for mm-hmm. so long. Yeah. And also changing at the drop of a hat when someone said they didn't like that about me. Mm-hmm. Or you should stop wearing that shirt because it's kind of ugly. Yeah. Or, you know, this is how girls are supposed to be. Or... Mm-hmm. This is how girls are supposed to be sexually with their boyfriends or mm. whatever the case is. I just easily swayed towards what people said I should do or who I should be. Mm-hmm. And so I try to be really careful about telling people how they should be with their identities. Yeah. And how they identify. Because mm-hmm. it's such a sensitive topic. No, yeah, it is. Especially when you're dealing with people that are very lost and it's apparent that they're lost in that. It's it's. It's first, you have a right to speak into that area of their life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that they can just walk around telling people who they're supposed to be. And it's like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you, let me pray for you on your way out the door. <laughs> but that is not your job. It's <laughs> not your job. And I think that's what's so beautiful about, for me personally, I feel like I need to disclaim this. When I really began to receive my identity from God, it was... Because he he helped me with that process of peeling off all those labels. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, all of those things that people called me through the years, all mm-hmm. of the things that I labeled myself, you know, victim and all of these different things that I took as my identity. Mm-hmm. And some of them I just turned into positives. Yeah. You know, and spoke strength over myself yeah. and spoke strength and power and self-love into myself. And it's still hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we all have moments where we look in the mirror and, and there's still that faint echo of someone telling you who you should be yeah, and how you should be dependent upon your ethnicity, your gender, your sexual orientation, mm-hmm. you know, your sh- your size, your shape, everything that it is. Like, there's always going to be someone out there that thinks that they can tell you who you're supposed to be. Or even sometimes I feel that, unintentionally someone says something that they deem is you know not negative in any Mm. way but you take it in a negative way like there's still things that people have said to me which they probably were joking but 
you know, and then there's always those people saying, ah, you're so, you know, it's not that deep, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, something stick with you. You're so sensitive. Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. I still, I can recall someone once told me, which is such a silly thing, but someone once asked me straight up, oh, are you, what was the word? I think they labeled it. They, I mean, they not labeled it, but I believe this, okay, this one is a little foggy, but they asked me if I was anorexic. Someone once commented. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It was when I was playing soccer in like my freshman year, I believe, which I was skinny, but someone did flat out ask me that. Um, uh, someone once commented, oh, like you're so pale. And I still to this day, sometimes look at myself like, oh, wow, I'm so pale. Or, you know, someone once said, which was pretty close wow. to me. And I'm they, in shock right now. <laughs> and they once said, oh, that I gained a few pounds or something like that. And so those things constantly still come up in my mind. Mm. You know, like you, like you said, echoes, mm-hmm. little echoes, little whispers. Yeah. And I can't, I don't know what it is, but it, they just come, they just creak it. Like I can, you know, pray about it, take it away from my head. God, like I don't want these thoughts in my head. But sometimes they just fall through the cracks and they just get in there. <laughs> well, it's that whole, you know, guard your mind and take your thoughts captive thing. It's mm-hmm. guard your heart and keep, take your thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. And I really got that this week because I... I mean, one of the labels that I had on myself for years upon years was I'm stupid. Mm. And a lot of that really stemmed from my older brother calling me a stupid bee. Mm -hmm. A lot. Yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, my older brother treated me like a personal punching bag Mm -hmm. because he was bullied. Um, And I just took it. Yeah. I took a lot of that because I could see that he was in pain. Mm -hmm. And... But he used to, that was like the biggest thing that he used to tell me. You're so stupid. Mm-hmm. You're stupid. That's hard to hear from a And even film, now, but... even this last week, sitting down and trying to get a project done. And there was so much I had to do in my first week of grad school. But I would sit down and I would hear his voice in my head. You're yeah. so stupid. Yeah. You're so stupid. Mm-hmm. You can't get anything right. Mm-hmm. You're such a stupid bitch. Like, I would hear that in my head. So loud. And I had to take my thoughts captive. And I've since forgiven my brother and released him from that. Yeah. Because I was able to look at the circumstances of our life Mm -hmm. and just see that he was in a lot of pain because he was being bullied at school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I stuck up for him in school. And I'm sure that that didn't make him feel very confident that Mm -hmm. his little sister two grades below him was more willing to, like, punch some throats than he was. Um. So he's projecting. He was projecting onto you. Almost. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And and uh, like I said, I forgive my brother, and my brother is a great guy. Mm. You know, we don't really talk that much, but whatever. People change. I still mm. love him. He's my brother. But I heard that a lot this week in my head. Yeah. And there was a long time in my life where I really thought I was stupid, mm. and I wouldn't give myself a chance because I'm like, no, that's just who you are. You're just a stupid bee. Mm. That's yeah, it. That's who you are. It's hard. And and it's amazing what we allow other people to speak over us mm-hmm. and identify us as. Mm-hmm. And and I think you could say that some it can be different depending upon what age you are. Yeah. But 
I've realized that at some point you have to be willing to do the hard work to rip those labels off. Mm. And because I had a choice to sit there and basically submit to this thought of, yeah, you're stupid. Mm. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking going into grad school? You can't do this. You're a stupid. Bitch. Mm. <laughs> like, And sorry to say the word all over again and so many times. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just it's flowing, guys. I'm sorry. It's one of those I'm forgetting that I'm being recorded, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I feel like do we have to label this as explicit content? Oh, my gosh. We might have to. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so no. sorry. Let's <laughs> okay. We'll beep, beep over. <laughs> the only edits we'll make in this one will beep you over. The beep? Oh, that's obnoxious. It's going to be like six You stupid beeps. beep. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. You know. That's I, okay. I do have this. While, while we're talking, I got this memory. When I was younger, there was labels that I remember, you know, thinking that I was or that people have had also like said about me and some of them I would just embrace them like yeah whatever like I'm weird whatever you know Mm. I don't care some labels um you know were harder to I don't like that label nah that's not me right and there was some moments where I was like I don't really care what you think I'm doing me some of them, ooh, they were really crushing. <laughs> I could not shake for the longest time, but I think I've overcome all those quote-unquote labels that were put placed upon me by society. Yeah, and that's good. But, I mean, I'm sure 10 years from now, there are going to be things that are gonna be, people are going to say to me now, or I'm going to think of myself, or I'm going to label myself as, or, you know, I mean, even... Oh, like, okay. So adjusting to being a CEO and an entrepreneur and a founder of something, Mm -hmm. that has been an uncomfortable process Mm -hmm. because to me, there are suddenly expectations of how that person is Mm -hmm. and how they carry themselves. And, and I don't really know where those thoughts came from of Mm -hmm. how an entrepreneur should be or a founder or CEO of something should be, but Maybe it's just all those like business gurus clamoring yeah, in my head, but media. yeah, probably social media, but I just, I've had a hard time sitting in that seat, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I struggled for a while of, I, I changed my language. Oh, excuse me. I changed my language from I am mm-hmm. something to I do something. Mm-hmm. But it's hard, it's hard to say, I do writing instead of, oh, I'm a writer, Mm -hmm. you know, or I'm a photographer. Mm -hmm. But I guess in terms of profession, it was really hard for me to say, oh, I am a professional nanny. Mm -hmm. Oh, I work as a professional nanny. Yeah. You know, it changes the tone of it Mm -hmm. because we just root so much of our identity in temporary things. Yes. Like things that can be taken away from us. Mm. Or that we move on from or we grow out of or whatever the case may be. We we just too often put our identity in temporary stuff. Yeah. And why do we do that? That creates shaky ground. Once that right. once that comes out, it's like, who am I? Right. Who are you without your job? If you had your job, your all your friends stripped away, your family, 
whatever. I mean, you could argue like, you know, with all sorts of, you know, psychosocial theories and stuff that's like <laughs> you can't really take away someone's cultural upbringing and still have a whole person mm -hmm. because we're so shaped by our culture yeah. and our upbringing mm -hmm. for bad and for good. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I asked myself that. Of who are you? If your parents aren't in the picture, if you don't have siblings, if mm -hmm. you didn't have this job, who yeah. are you? What do you like? What do you think about the world? What do you believe in? What do you believe in? What do you stand for? What do you stand yeah. against? Like, mm -hmm. I had to run through all these things and really hash out who the heck are you, Jordan? Because mm -hmm. I had a lot of stuff from just crappy relationships, from upbringings, from, you know, all sorts of stuff that it's just they get in your head. Mm -hmm. And you just, it sticks. Yeah. We talked about this before, actually. Um, you briefly brought it up. But that question of, you know, tell me about you. Oh, <laughs> yes. I cannot answer this question. I don't like answering this question. It's like, just, just get to know me, please. <laughs> like, uh, but it goes along with so many things. Like whenever someone you know, approaches you, oh, I thought this about you when I first mm. met you and now it's completely different or, you know, that changed or, I mean, that stayed the same or I don't know. But I always find it really interesting of, you know, who I thought I am or think I am. And then someone comes in and like tells me what they thought about me or something mm. like that. It's always funny to see what people perceive you as. Ooh, okay, let's play this game. Oh, no. What did you what think did of me? Okay, well, first of all, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> Talking about myself is really hard. Yeah. Um, I struggle with feeling prideful. Mm. I don't like getting credit. Mm. It really, really bothers me. Me too. I'm very, I'm happy. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I want to be the wizard behind the curtain, mm. right? I'm putting in the work. I'm doing all this stuff. I have my hands in the fun projects and dreams and visions are being manifested and all this great stuff. But I just, I don't want to be seen. Mm. It's weird. Mm. And I, and I feel very much like that's not my life. Mm. I mean, and just constantly, I feel like I'm putting my life on display. This podcast, for example, <laughs> I'm just like, let's just talk about it all. <laughs> let's get that's into it. It's not really the actions of someone that doesn't want to be seen, right? Mm. But I think it's that, that yeah, I want the mic and I want to be in front of people attitude. Like, I want to be a leader. I'm like, I'm cool being in the back row. Yeah. You know? Yeah, me. Me. <laughs> I know and that about myself. <laughs> right. And then when people ask me about what I do in my life, they're like, wow, okay, so like you've done a lot and you're doing a lot. And I have to stop and think to myself, wow, you, you are is this extra? Like, are you being a little extra with your life? Do you need to have all these things going on? But I'm just, I'm following my passions and my dreams and visions for my life. Mm -hmm. And it's just weird to almost want to garner credit for that. Be mm -hmm. like, yeah, look at me. Look at all the things. I know I did that. <laughs> it's so cool. Mm -hmm. It just, it feels very weird. Yeah. And it feels weird to talk about myself from that avenue. And I think that's why sitting in the CEO founder seat 
is weird for me because you have to be willing to be front and center. You have to be comfortable being front and center. And, and I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying and I agree with you. And that's just, I honestly think it's a skill mm-hmm. that you have to work on and you have to be comfortable. And I think it's born out of a place of self-love and appreciation yeah. for who you are and your individuality. I think that's because I'm still learning who I am learning how to love myself i've come so far but within that one day i'll get there <laughs> right one day <laughs> right but, but anyways i was gonna say play? sorry yes the game i'm really curious so i shared a little bit i mean that you made me feel insecure about myself when i first saw your instagram but <laughs> that's not really <laughs> that's not really sharing what i thought of you when i first met you <laughs> So I really am curious. What I thought about you. Yeah. And then I'll share about what I thought about you. Okay. Well. What? Okay. Uh, making so many noises I know. My stomach has been We're growling. both clutching pillows over our stomachs. <laughs> because the noise. Because I'm, I'm hungry. I think my stomach is growling. I'm like, please don't pick up. Please. I mean, I've clapped if I'm, I'm like kind of next to the mic before and I didn't hear it so anyway so I mean it's really interesting because I didn't meet you in person so I met you virtually so that's (laughs) you're saying this to me like I wasn't there you met me virtually what what (laughs) oh my god (laughs) well to the listeners I met Jordan yes to you who are still listening yes yes so it's always a weird thing meeting someone virtually right it's right it's not really you don't get the actual vibe of a person. And so, you know, when I first met you, I, I well, first, you were the one who approached me that we should um, get on a FaceTime call. <laughs> and I'm did like, okay. You, did that make you feel super uncomfortable when I did that? Not uncomfortable, but surprised because... I people didn't really reach out to me. People in general don't really reach out to me in that type of way. Hmm. I'm a reach. It's usually router. just <laughs> you are a reach router. <laughs> it's usually pe- honestly, it's it's usually people from my church that do that, but not ever like in real life. Like not real life. What am I saying? <laughs> outside church life, <laughs> outside of that social sphere. Yes, outside of that one. Um, so it took me by surprise because um, usually it's, it was, you know, someone who was in a leadership position or something like that. And mm. uh, you were just a person that was attending church. I'm like, OK, bold. Love it. And then we got on a call. I'm like, I, I love how I loved how insightful you were. And <laughs> and no, no, I'm serious. And you were and you were so you were so kind spirited. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it was just something about you was very intriguing. And I'm like, I really want to get to know, you know, you more. Mm. But I won't lie. I was also, I think because of how bold you were and how, uh, what's the term? You were just uh, so well-spoken. Just I was a little intimidated too, but like talking to you. And I was just nervous in general because I get nervous talking to new people. Because, yes. you know, what are they going to think about me? Am I going right. to say the right things? What are we going to talk about, you know? With any person. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I'm just, I'm very, very happy that you reached out to me because we want to be here. So, but yeah, those are the things I thought about you <laughs> when I first met you. Yeah. 
So interesting. <laughs> Sorry, we've never talked about this, so we are processing. We're things. processing a lot right now. Yeah, and this is a total bunny trail from our topic. But it is. Just... I mean, it kind of relates in a way. We're just gonna keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, you could relate it to how you see yourself and how other people see you, and yeah. how much of that blends together to make who you are. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's a lot. Oof. Oof. Mine. Love. So you, <laughs> when me. I first met you, so your impression is what drew me to reaching out to you because you just seemed really cool. I never thought of that of myself ever. I still don't to this day. People sometimes tell me, oh, you're so cool. I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Um, but you, you did. And oh, you. I was still new to the church that we met at. And so I was, I was still in that we're going to smother you with all the attention and love phase mm. that happens at some churches where they want you to like stay in the community. So they mm. are really invested in like, we want to talk to you and yeah. we want to help you and we want to get in touch. And so mm. I was, I was definitely not lacking for communication mm-hmm. needs, but there was just something that drew me to you. And one of them was, I mean, there were a couple of things. Oh. <laughs> one, whenever you shared anything in the, like, Bible study situation, I wouldn't really deem it a Bible study. No. It's it was just more like, like a the group. group meeting yeah. discussion thing. Um, You always, sometimes, I mean, not always, but you sometimes had a view of your notebook. And your pages were always so full, (laughs) like stuffed full. And I remember having the thought a couple of times, did we listen to the same sermon? (laughs) Because she has so much in her notebook right now. And you would be quiet for most of the meeting. And then you would pipe in and you would have something so intentional and thought through. And it was just really impressive. Oh, thank you. I do do that a lot. I think you do. And you definitely have gotten better about just like speaking up and saying something. I've worked on it. For as long as I've known you. (laughs) Which we should totally have a friendversary. Oh my gosh. Wait, I have to figure out when that would be. We'll figure it out. Right? So we're going to figure it out. So we can have an anniversary every year for the... Friendversary. For the rest of our life. I have a few of those. So I love it. Um, I'm all for it. Yeah. So... That's what drew me to you. And then just having that experience with you a couple of times in those meetings. And then when we first FaceTimed, I don't know if I like if I really thought anything in particular. I thought that you were nice and you were cool. I definitely remember feeling like I hope she likes me. <laughs> Aw. Well, I did. <laughs> Which is weird. It sounds like something a 13-year-old boy would say. Like, yeah. oh, geez, I hope she likes me. <laughs> But but genuinely, I really thought to myself, like, I hope she likes me. And because first impressions are a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. And that was our first conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just us two. Right. Yeah. And I think first impressions are such a big deal because you you have this first opportunity to show them who you are. Yeah. And. A lot of people live and die by first impressions. Mm. Not that I got people? that vibe. Mm-hmm. What? 
Are you one of those people who live and die by first impressions? Live or die. Not and. Or you said and. or Whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> live or die by there. first impressions. Yeah. That's the appropriate way to say that. But, yeah, that's what I um, <laughs> No. I don't think so. I think first impressions are a big deal to me in just the sense of, like, what's your deal? Mm. You know? Um, not that I'm judging people when I first met th- meet them. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like, who are you? What's up? Yeah. I think I treat first impressions in a live or die situation from my side. Like, yeah. they're not going to like me or they're not going to yeah. want to get to know me more after this first time. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, like that, I'm just very much the person that if I think you're cool, I'm going to reach out to you. Mm. Granted, that being said, I am in a ridiculous season of life right now where mm-hmm. I can barely keep in touch with the people that are closest to me. Mm. I had to have a friend tell me this week, it's okay for you to be selfish with your time because you have a lot going on. Yeah. And that's so. hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially since you've been trying to be more intentional with other people and keeping in touch and stuff. So yeah, it's hard. It's to be on that really, side. really hard. And I think bringing it back to the identity thing, I definitely identify as a nurturer. Mm-hmm. Of I want to take care of people and yeah. I want to make sure that they're okay. And if there's something I can be doing to help them feel seen, heard, and valued, mm-hmm. I want to do that. Yeah. Even if that means putting me on the back burner. And so it's really hard unlearning that mm-hmm. and maturing that part of my identity Yeah. to where it's not self-destructive and to Super where important. I, I'm not taken care of. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing is oftentimes nurturers – don't have people who know how to nurture them. Yeah. Because you have to almost be able to speak that language of, nope, you're not doing that. I'm going to take care of that. You sit down and not be mean or rude about it, but have a firmness to it that's loving. Mm -hmm. Because there are times when I don't know how to stop serving other people. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. Yeah. And I think... Just a side note, that's why it irks me when I see so much of like serving others. And I'm like, I serve people so much. I just need, I just need a break, you know? Um, a second to breathe. Just need a second to breathe. So it's really hard. And I think depending upon your age, there might be things that you used to identify with that you've outgrown or things that you just need to mature or shift. Not necessarily mature, like it's an immature thing always, mm-hmm. but that you need to develop in a different way. And for mm-hmm. me, that's definitely my my nurturer mm-hmm. and taking care of people and serving others. And I've had to take a massive step back. Yeah. And like we talked about in the last episode, I had that massive moment of anxiety thinking, I have so many people I have to get in touch with. Mm-hmm. And just... That frustration, right? But then this week, there are a lot of people that I didn't hear from. Yeah. It's almost like that expectation. You don't want to let people down and be given a new label by others in a way. Right. Are people going to suddenly think that I don't care or I'm too good for them or... Yeah, those those fears creep in, yeah. and that's not how I feel. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and you haven't heard from me in a minute, <laughs> I love you, and I hope you're well. You got my number. You can text me and just tell me how you are and check in with me because sometimes it's, it's a lot to go through everybody in your phone and check in with them. Mm. And 
create space for them to tell me how they are. And, mm. you know, I think that I, I am just naturally in a more selfish moment of my life right now. Mm. But and you the, have to be because of your schedule. Right. But that yeah. still sucks. Yeah. No, I don't like I'm not being saying this person yeah. Yeah. that has to silence her phone and put it away from her. Mm. Like, that sucks for me. Or not being able to just pop down and see people that I want to see or whatever. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think our identities, I think there are definitely things that are deeply rooted in us and that never change. Mm -hmm. But I honestly feel a lot of our identities shift and they exchange with other things. Mm as we get older and depending upon what's happening in our life, some things are temporary identifiers. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Identity, I think is something that you can struggle with your entire life. If you're not willing to really sit with yourself. Oh yeah. You really have to allow for that space. And you know, some people don't like to be alone because they don't like to think about, you know, who they are or think what, you know, actually listen to their thoughts and i get it i mean i've been there too um well it's like what you said in the last episode sorry to cut you off about self-reflection yeah super important if you don't self-reflect then do you really know who you are or are you going by what society has labeled you right and who the hell wants to let society label them yeah society is already so harsh why would you allow that right and they get so much wrong just look at the yeah. world like it gets so much wrong yeah but it's still very easy to fall into those those labels so to speak and the identities that are acceptable right or whatever i'm not saying it's easy to just be like boop switch done that's it <laughs> yeah and it's a process this is something because we talked about wanting to talk about self-image and confidence and all that sort of stuff in another episode because we could go on about that but oh yeah but just and we'll tie this together in that episode too but i just want to tie it together really quickly in this one of really the confidence that you have to like really take hold of Mm -hmm. to walk out who you believe you are yeah i mean there was i had and it probably sounds really ridiculous but When I came back to my faith and I really started to feel, wow, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Ugh. And it was like I had been an alien in my own life for years Mm. upon years. And I finally felt, wow. Like I looked in the mirror and I thought to myself, there you are. Mm. I suddenly, like confidence was a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. But then I had to really work on my confidence to be that woman. Yeah. And to walk her out. Because then it was also, there were people that were giving me flack about how different I was. Mm-hmm. And that I've changed. And just, and it wasn't that I changed in a negative way. Mm-hmm. I was the most positive <laughs> and happy that I had been in a very long time. But people said, wow, you've changed and you're different. And I had to have the confidence to continue walking out who I saw myself to be. And mm. walk in who I am. Yeah. And so and my my I mean, in some ways, my new identity, my mm-hmm. refreshed, my my redeemed, resurrected <laughs> identity. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of courage to be who you are. 
Yeah, it is. And it takes a lot, I mean. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to be who you are. And it's no small feat to be able to walk out your front door every day and boldly and beautifully be who you are, yeah. no matter what that is. Mm. And, you know, and I, I think making space for other people I mean, I know making space for other people to be who they are is really important. Yeah. And just that moment of allowing someone to be who they are. And it's so beautiful to see. It's so beautiful. It's like a flower blooming. Yeah, and it brings me joy seeing someone being who they truly, authentically are. Right. And sometimes I have all the best intentions for myself to be that, you know, even if I'm not entirely quite sure who that is. Right. Sometimes there's like little things that just like remind you and bring you like a peg down. Mm. And, you know, tomorrow's another day, but, you know, that peg was taken down. Now the next day, you know, maybe remove that peg, try again. <laughs> but, right. It was, you know, but back to the point. Yes, seeing someone be who they are mm. is truly beautiful. Yeah. And that's another topic we're going to... Yeah. <laughs> we talked about that we were going to have a conversation about is authenticity mm. and your authentic self. Like, how do you find who you are authentically? Mm. That's, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. That one's really fun. I, I, I'm excited because we've never really talked about that either. We've yeah. saved so many... We've shut down conversations between you and I. <laughs> yes, we have. Outside of recording. Yeah. We're like, like nope, no, gotta save it. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so the weather is real great today. Yeah, that sun, it's really shining. <laughs> Those clouds. Those passerby conversations. Yes. Hi, how are you? <laughs> okay, yes, we do ask that, but we actually want to know. <laughs> How you're doing? How was your week? That's what we ask. Yeah, we ask more in depth, like questions. Yes, but how, not topics. How was that... your mental health? I do that a lot with you. How's your mental and spiritual health? Yes, how are you we do. feeling? You, you do. You do ask that. Where are we? Yeah, we had to gauge ourselves on a scale of one to ten. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway. I know. Age and identity. What a broad topic that you could go oh, on so, and on and on about. I know. We it's we've been talking for a hot minute here. And so Yes, we have. Um thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank we you. We appreciate it. I feel <laughs> I feel like stopping recording now is just like we're we're really this is love. Yeah. Because we could just keep talking and talking and we really we're gonna we will do another episode talking about authenticity mm-hmm. and another one talking about body image and body image and all these things that really play a part in our, in our identity. And I think age and identity and how those things define us is a conversation that is just going to be woven in yeah. through so much. Yeah. And we also have guests lined up that we want to bring them on to talk about identity. Yes. And we do. really coming into their own and Exciting really finding stuff. themselves and. Yep. We just, we have a lot of really wonderful, beautiful, amazing people in our lives that we can't wait. Snaps to those people you're probably going to hear, but snaps to them. (laughs) Snaps to you. um, That we can't wait to bring on. And honestly, it's just a logistical thing. Yeah. And let us know on our Instagram or even 
email us or go to our Facebook page, which absolutely imperfect podcast on Instagram, absolutely imperfect podcast at gmail.com as our email. And we have a Facebook page that's just the same as the Instagram. And yeah, no, let us know if you what you would like us to talk about. You know, topics you'd like open. to hear. Yes, we are. We have anything a, and everything, like we've keep saying. Exactly. We have a list, a compiled list that is always being added to. Yes, it is. And for those of you Can who confirm. are listening and are now on the third episode and you have been I don't know, you're committed. Committed. You're, committed. you're a subscriber. You have subscribed. <laughs> um please, we want to hear from you. We put stuff up in our stories. Mm-hmm. And you can shoot us a quick email. If you know us personally, you have Text our us. number. There it is. <laughs> you there can it is. tell us <laughs> what you think cuz we really we want to we want suggestions. Exactly. We're open to talk about it, even if it's a topic that might make us uncomfortable. Like we're yeah. willing to go there. I'll we are sweat willing. it out. It's okay. I'll put extra deodorant on. Yeah. Just for Jordan, because you guys can't smell me. <laughs> but anyways, we love you guys so 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 much. Thank we you guys for tuning in to episode three. We love you. We hope you have a wonderful day, night, whatever, whenever you're listening to this. And yeah. We'll see you in the next one. We'll see you then, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>